Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hosh Gelden is. Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. Mm-hmm. I'm Ashley. I'm Kristen. And we're covering Harry Your Day Sun episode three today, which right. for most of you, if you are listening in real time, uh, it's only been a week since Harry Your Day Sun episode two dropped. Mm-hmm. However, for Ashley and I, it has been a month since we recorded yeah. that episode. <laughs> Because we had this grand, beautiful plan that we were like, listen, Mm -hmm. we're going to push season three to start in January. And then that way, we've got plenty of time. And we're going to record like four or five episodes. Uh Pre-record. We're going to be super ahead of the game. We are going to be so responsible. (laughs) (laughs) And And then then I bought a house. And... (laughs) And caught COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and then I caught COVID. Uh-huh. Not from Ashley, but no. after Ashley did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's been a bit nuts. So while we did get two episodes recorded ahead of time, which did work out wonderfully because while Ashley was oh my gosh sick God. with COVID and having to move out of her apartment into her house by well, herself, sick. just her and her husband, because nobody could be around them because yeah, they were sick with COVID. We would have infected them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just us. Uh, cool. <laughs> so we we skipped um doing extra recordings but we still mm-hmm. had those two in our back pocket hallelujah i know um, oh my gosh. so we were able to drop our first two episodes and then we were like okay we'll get caught up between episodes one and two we'll record some more and then that way we'll have extras mm-hmm. and then um moving was crazy for you you were at the tail end of being sick but you still had so much to do with your house i mean you still do and yeah. then i got sick so yeah. <laughs> And just a heads up, you guys, Our again, I'm just going to say our goal. I'm not saying we're going to do this. Our goal is to get ahead a couple of episodes so that mm-hmm. should a situation like this arise again, we have episodes to put out without having to skip a week. Now, right. that being said, um, someone in mine and Jason's family is in very poor health right mm-hmm. now. And we're not really sure what's going to happen with them. Yeah. So should – an emergent situation come up with that yeah. that this stuff may all be scrapped and we don't it's not our goal to, or we're not saying that we're trying to skip um weeks or having to say sorry there's no episode this week it's right. gonna have to wait but i'm just giving you all a heads up in case things take mm-hmm. a turn um we may yeah, be busy with his know. family so just yeah. just to let you all know um so it um yeah, I, I, in my housekeeping notes for us, I, the first thing I wrote was LOL at us uh, vocalizing how our recording plans are going to go, and then they never happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I swear that's the way it happens. We still have to do our Q&A, which we have all those questions saved still in oh our Google gosh, Doc. Oh, my gosh, we do. Um, and, and, I mean, that the nice thing about that, that's a quick and easy episode to um, record and take care of. It doesn't require, like, watching and taking notes so mm-hmm. um that's something we could do and then just have in case of an emergency yeah. um but yeah life's just been crazy so thank you all for bearing with us and thank you for the last two weeks of like really just great response and um and tuning in to our episodes mm-hmm. we have a lot more listeners than i was anticipating i mean i wasn't expecting central kapama levels because it's just not a live dz and so Right. Just, you know, um, but we're definitely getting a lot more listeners than I anticipated. Mm. And what's funny is most of our interactions and like our listenership came from Twitter last season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
But it seems to me that the Harry Garrity Send fandom is far more um, central to Instagram. At least as far as like, yeah, like at least as far as like our interactions on the posts, um, DMs that we get. I mean, I'm so behind on DMs, you guys. So if you do send us um, DMs, like just, yeah, don't take it personally if it takes Mm -hmm. forever to get back to you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's just been kind of cool because I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting. interesting. Well, Mm -hmm. and I think because comparatively to many things or maybe many fandoms in general central kapama is twitter 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 mm-hmm. twitter like that is definitely where the, the engagement <laughs> is for that show yes for sure so um that actually doesn't surprise me that there isn't as much engagement mm-hmm. for harry Artisan yeah as it would be for Central Kapama. <laughs> yeah, so that's just been that's just been interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, but good to know because I'm like, all right, well now I know where to focus, like our like interaction and engagements and sure. things like that. So, and we've had some really sweet fan pages. Um, one I believe for Spain. One I'm not sure what country it's um centered in, but it's just a, like an English speaking fan page for Harrier Day Sen or for Con like. Last week, we had so many of those, like, fan pages with, like, thousands and thousands of followers, like, sharing oh, wow. our posts for our episodes. So that was Aww, just, like, super really sweet. Cool. Yeah. So I just was like, thank you all so much for that. Um, but, yeah. So before we uh, before we dive in, uh, I feel like this is going to become a new staple in season three for us because we get a lot of um, messages or mentions about this. So I'm going to start asking every week. What have you been reading? Because people are like, what? I got so many. Things. They were like, wait, what was that book series? What were those books you guys were talking about? I tried How to li- funny. like. So I'm like, okay, maybe we should just share like something we've read recently. If 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 it's applicable, if you've read anything. So I'm like, all right, we'll have to check in because people are like, well, what? Okay, what are some other suggestions? Like um, in so messages funny. and stuff. So I'm like, okay, if you guys care about what we're reading, then um, I don't mind sharing if if a book really was like good or sure just like you know captivated me so um well i am still trying to slog through eye of the world so that's what i'm reading that's what i figured for a while (laughs) i'm reading it with my sisters both of them are already done and are moving on to the second book Mm. and just with everything that's been going on i'm just barely able to get a few pages in every single day yeah and it's i think an 800 page book so um i am isn't that isn't that strange for a fantasy book but still yeah yeah it's just a lot so Mm -hmm. it's i'm just very behind in that i just haven't been i figured a lot of reading because i was like you've been on the house yeah i'm like you've been working and moving and stuff so Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know if you have anything new um I read most recently a book that I really enjoyed. I actually, uh, when I saw Ashley a, a couple days ago, I brought her a copy. Um, it's a very, very old. Well, it's not very, very old, depending on what your definition. Hmm. Of that. It's from like the early nineties, though. So that's okay, probably thirty years. That oh, it really is. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so, I'll bet there are a good portion of our listeners who were not born yet oh my gosh stop (laughs) i don't want to think about that listen if listen the y2k babies are 22 now that's insane 
I yeah, know. if you want that to make you feel old. So anyway. it's like the eighties <laughs> weren't twenty years ago. The eighties no, were over forty were years ago. <laughs> no. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is a historical romance. Um and it is a book called Tapestry by Karen Ranney. And it I was very impressed with like how ahead of its time it felt, not only just for being written in the nineties, um, but also because it's historical, it's set in like the late 1700s, I want to say, um, mid to late 1700s. And the heroine was just very ahead of her time as well. So okay. um, it, yeah, it's just really good. It was the second half of the book is pretty angsty. So you all know that's right up my alley. But she's like basically basically been like in love with this guy since she was a child. He's her uh, he lived at the estate next door um to hers and he's he's older than she is so like he was like a teenager when you know she was a kid and so she kind of had a crush from afar and um he was always very nice to her and sweet to her but it was more like hey you're just like a little child Mm -hmm. but you know age gaps get smaller and smaller as you get older so um it just it leads to this whole thing about them getting together and um, there's just a lot of things they navigate through. So that was like probably the best book I've read since we last, uh, recorded. So okay. if, if historical nice. romance interests any of you, check that one out. Tapestry by Karen Ranney. Although I will say, try to track yourself down like on thrift books or a used bookstore, a copy because the Kindle formatted edition, the ebook formatted edition, um, it's terribly done. So there's like all kinds of type, hmm. there's like typos and stuff in it that are not present in the actual book itself. Mm. So just a yeah. little side note there. So anyhow, so that's been um, Reading Corner, I guess, our new addition to season three. Yeah. I mean, I listened a little bit to uh, Air of Fire because I was missing Throne of Glass. The Throne of Glass world. <laughs> but that's, Yeah. Well, and I'm going to read – I'm going to read um, Redeeming Love next. I haven't read that since I was like 12 or 13 years old. Oh, okay. And the movie just came out yesterday, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and so I want to reread it before seeing the movie uh, because even when I did read it at that age, that was like over 20 years ago. And I'm pretty sure I'll my – I'll bet a lot went over your head. It did. Exactly. Well, and it was one of those things that my mom was like, you need to read this. So like already just like when you're kind of like told to read something, sure. it, you just – you don't like absorb it as mm-hmm. well. So I definitely, definitely need to reread it before I go in. But I'm I'm excited about that. So – and I bought the audiobook too so I can like listen um, while I'm out and about. Nice. So anyhow, um, so we can – start dissect well not dissecting but you know <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if we want to start at the beginning or start with anything in particular i we mean can we, start. we had the the cliffhanger so yeah that's kind of a, a good place to start because barack breaks in mm-hmm. and then he ends up knocking over celine and <laughs> so much so that she passes out <laughs> yeah and then he runs away the coward runs. I know. And Demir, of course, sees some stranger, or so he thinks, <laughs> standing over, <laughs> standing over Celine as she's passed out. Like, that's scary on a number of levels, honestly. <laughs> uh, truly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, which is, I mean, 
I'll give Barack this. Like, he knew that Demir was coming. Right. And so it was like running That's off. That's why he left. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, he knew he wasn't just leaving her to not be found by anyone. It's right. still a it's still a pretty dick move, but <laughs> it's funny because he I think I was expecting his character to be worse than he is. I think I was expecting yes. him to be a full villain. Villain. Because mm-hmm. of the things that I had heard and Same. because of everybody basically warning me like, hey he's not Ashley, Osman. He's not Osman. So <laughs> make sure so kind of kind of people just warning with that. And yeah. he definitely is is not Osman. Um Ebo is still, more Osman. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Sweet baby Ebo. Yeah, but he still doesn't feel like he's all bad in no. this show. Like he is doing the wrong things and he's not trying he's not solving problems in the best way with this no. whole situation. But he's trying to for most of the right reasons. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they are very poorly being executed and he's just digging himself a grave more and more. And maybe literally because he's in bed with the mafia right now. So Right. um, Yeah. He's just stooping to not great. uh, Yeah. I mean, okay, let's talk about him this episode. So – Let's talk about, like, his stuff this episode. So he does eventually – I, he, you can tell he's trying to check on Celine to make sure, like, she was taken care of because he texts her about the party and is thinking, like, the well, she doesn't – I know. <laughs> like, if she doesn't reply, then obviously something went poorly. But she replies, like, no big deal. And he's, like, oh, like, you know, breath of relief. Yeah. Um, he meets up again with our uh, mafia woman mm-hmm. who basically is, like – she at first I was like, wait, is she saying what I think she's saying? And I rewound it because she basically threatens his dad. Like, yeah, she does. Well, if your dad's in the, the way, equation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you don't think you can launder two million dollars for us because your dad has somebody else in charge, why don't uh-huh. we just take him out of the uh-huh. equation? Because <laughs> he's trying to explain, like, listen, I don't have signing rights anymore. I don't right. have the authority for this kind of stuff. So to move that kind of money without even having the authority to sign off on this, like, it's next to impossible. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Because the first time I watched that scene, I thought she was saying, oh, do you need some motivation? Like, I'll give you $2 million to do it. Mm. And then I was like, oh, no, no. The motivation was, how about I don't kill your dad and then you're going to do this? And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. yeah. This just went dark. Yeah. Um. But of course, he's like, uh, no, I'll figure it out. Like, he's so he's somehow going to do it, but he's going to figure it out. And then the other thing he does, which again, like, I get it, but you're, oh you're my gosh, very poorly going about this. Um, yeah. Because we'll get more into this part, but Yildirim Bay, they've basically lost that job for the hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all the other jobs he was going to have them do. Yes, because he had like yeah. 12 other hotels and mm-hmm. things that he was going to have them do. So it's a whole string of work that would be very, very good for the revenue of this dying company. So yeah. it's a big deal that they lost this. Um, not just that, but he's got influence, I'm sure, so he can keep other people from becoming their clients and be like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I had this poor experience with them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he could probably get them blackballed in the mm-hmm. whole industry. Yeah. yeah. So Barack 
even though Demir has said, like, hey, I'm handling this, everybody just work as normal. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Like, I will keep you posted as there are things to keep posted. But he's mm-hmm. assured several times throughout this, like, he's working on how to smooth things over with Yildirim Bay. Yeah, and he keeps telling them don't do anything con- mm-hmm. concerning Yildirim Bay. Don't contact them. Don't yeah. this. Yeah. So Barak is like, well, that rule doesn't apply to me, I guess. So <laughs> I have to save my father. He somehow finds out or knows about the fact that Yildirim Bay has a mistress. <laughs> and not only does he stake out the building to, like, basically get pictures of him mm-hmm. to um, blackmail him with, He's actually spoken to the mistress. Yeah. And is like, I'll pay you part. Like, I'll pay you to basically make sure we get some really good shots of this. Mm-hmm. So. I'm and like, then he ropes Bora into it. Yeah. Who had no idea that any of this malfeasance was happening. <laughs> and then he kind of, he blackmails Bora into taking the pictures. Yes. Because Bora's like, no, I'm not doing this. This is blackmail. I'm not comfortable yeah. with it. And he gets out, he goes to get out of the car. And Barack basically is like, is it something like he asked for like a raise or like a, an advance or something for uh, one reason, but it was really for a different reason or something. Um, no, I think it was because something happened and his family needed money. And because, which that has been made clear that Borda right. is kind of like the probably breadwinner bread for his entire family. And that's kind of a big, the whole thing with Merve and all that. But right. um, so it sounds like because of something that had happened, he needed a raise yeah. to help take care of his family. And Burdock is like, well, I made that happen. I made that happen. So you better do this for me. So Bora very reluctantly does. Um, and that's when we find out after Barack is like, oh, good. These are awesome shots, blah, blah, blah. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, the deal between us was we get two good shots, like, to use. And that's when I was like, holy crap. Like, he went and talked to this mistress, too. Like, geez. Um so, and then that leads up to what happens in the final scene, which we'll get right. to. Um, yeah. And then not a whole lot happens on the Bora Merve front. He's still just trying mm-hmm. to win her back. Like, he tries to be all, um, you know, kind of grand gesture and, like, has a little boy bring her a rose. And then he, like, pops up in her path. And Yeah. But Merve's just kind of, like, not really – she's kind of not having it. Um, no, and and then that's kind of the only thing with the mm-hmm. two of them specifically in their relationship with this episode. Yeah, yeah we, we see more Ebo and Ida. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was really cute. They have their first kind of moment together mm-hmm. because he comes to the office and everybody is all worried and stressed yeah they're all in a in a wad because of the situation and she's like come here i'll go explain it to you because celine is busy so they have a seat and she explains what happened he's she says something about running away and he's like let's go i'll take you (laughs) and basically offers to whisk her away on his motorcycle on his motorcycle Uh uh-huh i'm like girl get on the back of that bike right now (laughs) seriously yeah um they end up she ends up basically not stealing Mm because it's not her (laughs) she basically says that she's gonna help celine with the cat 
hotel uh-huh. project, even though Celine has not asked for her help in any right. way. <laughs> but it's an excuse to hang out with Evo. So mm-hmm. she's like, oh, why don't we work on that here? And I'm helping Celine. So you and I can just talk about uh-huh. the hotel. <laughs> anyway, so they end up working at his clinic. They have a little moment together mm-hmm. where they're leaning mm-hmm. in and there's some tension. Um, and, and some then, double talk happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. Yes. So it was their whole story. This episode was was cute. We had some progression with them. Yes. They do get interrupted, of course, because this is a DZ. Yeah. Um, yeah. By a dog that got hit by a car. I know. It's like so sad. <laughs> a puppy. He's like a little puppy. I was like, holy cow. This is so but I mean, I guess it would have to be a very serious thing for Evo to be like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go oh right, right into surgery for this animal. <laughs> but Jeez. don't worry, the puppy winds up being okay. Yeah. Um, God. He, sa- he saves the puppy because, of course, he does. He's Evo. <laughs> um, but so, and she kind of waited around for him she through all did. of that. So now he's she's got to go home. It's late. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not letting you take a cab. I'm driving you home. And then she finally gets on the back of his bike. And yeah. listen, there are some benefits to that. Like the fact that you get to be snuggled all close and you have your arms around his waist. And well, and yeah, she was hanging on to the little handles at the side, but then she got scared uh-huh. and she had to grab him. Obviously. And he's not going to tell her to put <laughs> her hands down. Ebo <laughs> would never. No, he's too much of a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yes. that was that's pretty much where they yeah. went their their mm-hmm. arc through this episode. But yeah, I really liked it. I liked that they got more time together. Oh, they mm-hmm. had a little walk too. They were strolling. Oh yeah, near the, the beginning. Bosphorus, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, near the beginning of the episode. You're right. Yeah, which was super cute. Yes. And so he's like, oh, her smile takes my mind away. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> she they she sees like a food cart and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll go get us some. Well, translated as wafers. But I'm I know, I not really know. sure what it was supposed to be. Um, Maybe, yeah, I have no idea. But whatever they guess. are, he's like, I love those too. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh. All <laughs> <laughs> Twitter paid it. Uh-huh. Love struck. <laughs> love struck and cheesy, just how we like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so backtracking to the beginning when Demir yeah, yeah. finds Celine, he, of course, listen. Like, I think we all know this, but um, when someone's, like, passed out and you're not sure of their injury, don't move them. Like, wait for a medical professional. <laughs> yeah. Same as, like, a car accident or something. Yeah. If somebody's on the ground, don't move them. Mm-mm. Just call for help. Uh-huh. Yes. Because <laughs> something could have happened in their yeah. neck that you yeah. can't see. Yeah. Anyway, so, there's a little first aid 101, yeah. just in case you guys did not know not right. to move somebody. <laughs> but, but because we're applying DZ magic here, yes. um, clearly it's okay for him to scoop her up and rush off to the emergency room. Absolutely. Um, yes. Because he can't get her to wake up. Right. So, um, of course, though, when we actually are in the emergency room, she <laughs> is very much conscious. This was really And she's funny. having a spaz attack. And she's like. I love that the nurse is like, doctor, is it maybe a head injury? (laughs) And Demir's like, "Uh, no, this is normal for her. Because she's like, what am I doing here? All these bad things keep happening. 
arrest this man. All the bad stuff happens to me ever she since he's entered my him. life. <laughs> she's like, kill him. <laughs> oh my god. She's so she's so she's out of control. I love how out of control she gets. It kills me. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's a spaz, but oh like my in, gosh. The, in the best way. Seriously. Because I mean, she's oh got valid gosh. points. She's like, listen, like all these terrible things keep happening. Yeah, her life, life was fine <laughs> until he came and moved into her house. Oh my gosh. I mean, he could argue the same thing from his perspective. Right, but right. yeah, so it's funny. Even the <laughs> even the cop that's there is like, well, it sounds like it was just a thief who clearly was interrupted and got away. But he like can't get away from her quickly enough because yeah. she's just like out yeah. of her mind. And he's like, uh, good luck. And <laughs> like nope's on out of there. Oh so my gosh. of course, though, when they get back home, mm-hmm. they have to make sure she doesn't, you know, um, well, she have any- has a concussion or she does she have a concussion? I can't even remember. Well, I mean, I feel like they would know that the ER would actually say like yes or no. But because they're telling him to like she can't wake sleep alone. Yeah, yeah, wake her up. To check on her throughout the night, I feel like that is at least like, yeah, she might have a mild concussion, so keep an eye on this. Now, right. again, if this was someone you really can't stand, um, you would call one of her friends and mm-hmm. be like, hey, uh, come over and stay with her or have them come get her and have her stay yeah. at their house. Or you'd but say, I'll- okay, enjoy your night at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> but no. Now, here's the only thing that I was like, all right, Demir. He should have given her the bed. I mean, she's oh, concussed. Like, you sleep mm-hmm. on the floor, bro. <laughs> yeah. You give her the bed. And yeah. she even I points mean, that out to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you came into my house. You get my bedroom. You're making me sleep in here so that you can keep an eye on me. And I have to sleep on the floor. Yeah. yeah, and she like throws her pillow at him, which then he keeps. And she's he's like, "Well, you shouldn't have thrown it." She's like, "I can't just lay here and do nothing and fall asleep." So he like chucks a book at her, and he's like, "Read something." And he throws art and war or uh, the, the art, art of, of war, war, yeah, at her, which I was like, "Oh, that felt very poignant." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. Well, and then the funny thing is, not they both end up sleeping on the floor because mm-hmm. they start talking about the book and. Is it her who's saying, oh, you're assuming I've never read this kind of a thing? Yes. And then yeah. she brags about being a chess champion. Yes. And then and he's like, oh, are you? Well, <laughs> guess who else is a chess champion? <laughs> Let's see how much of a champion you are. And he has this little portable chess set. And, of course, they play chess. And then they end up both falling asleep on the floor, which is kind of funny because he yeah. obviously didn't wake her up every two hours like he was supposed to. I know. <laughs> like, okay, hope she's not concussed because right. nobody was checking on her throughout the night. Yeah. But they are both woken up by the doorbell. But the way Celine's sleeping, it was like perfect comedic timing because obviously this had to be choreographed, but it really does look like he was not expecting her feet to like yeah spasm like that and smack him in the head so um yeah which leads to then 
all of the rest of Demir's stuff is being delivered to the house that's by the movers. Right. And that's she's right. like, uh, that's not coming in here. And he's like, oh, yes, it is. And there's a bit of arguing and stuff, but the stuff starts coming in. And um, she is like teasing him about all his fancy, you know, Japanese dishes and coffee oh, stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because like a I'm, coffee siphon. And, I'm like, uh, I have one of those. Like, I have uh-huh. the, the little siphon teapot that's like got the skinny. There, it's great for pour over coffee. So I'm like, listen, I understand. Um, He's obviously very big on his coffee, which yes. I appreciate. Uh huh. And but she winds up seeing this beautiful teapot, and she's like admiring it. And then something happens, and she basically clumsily. <laughs> drops it and it yes. shatters and he's like that's an eighth century auction find like blah 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 and she's like oh my gosh she's freaking out she's trying to yeah. pick up the pieces okay here's what i thought was going to happen with that which it could still because later on we do see she's still trying to fix it mm-hmm. even though it turns out he's just teasing her because he's like he just grabs all the stuff and throws it away and she's like what are you doing you basically said that was priceless he's mm-hmm. like i was messing with you i bought it at the dollar store mm-hmm. um but and i can't remember the name of it but that you know the japanese art that's like when you fix broken stuff with um, uh-huh. with gold and so yes. i was kind of like oh i thought that's where this was going but she is trying to fix it near the end of the episode and so yeah. i was like oh maybe that'll turn out like she'll give it to him later on but it'll be where it's like got all the the gold is what's um in all the cracks now and it's like really pretty and i wish i'd written down the name of what that's called but i know um, exactly what you're talking about oh i too. did write it down uh kin- <laughs> kintsugi okay and so google that k-i-n-t-s-u-g-i and you guys will see what we're talking about if you don't already yeah. know what that is it's beautiful so um i'm kind of hoping that comes into play maybe next episode yeah, that would be – or even if it's not the next episode, um, a later episode. Yeah, at some point. That would be nice point. for it to be a recurring item. Yeah. Because we already are getting some important objects, obviously, yes. that are central to the house. Mm-hmm. One of which is the lamp, which mm-hmm. we learned this episode that it's actually uh, a vase. Yeah. And it has a pair and guess who has the other one? Mm-hmm. It's Demir, which is kind of funny that Celine is not already starting to put two and two together with the house mm-hmm. and why Demir is so adamant about it. But that's obviously coming um, because it's very, very coincidental that he would have the exact same vase as her with the same initials on the bottom. And Even though she's like, that must mean it's the brand. So, like, I mean, at least they did explain it a little bit. Like, right. her reasoning of, like, oh, that must just be the initials of the brand or the artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was cool. And I was like, oh, it's not that it, like, it. I love that it was a set of vases and she, like, repurposed it into a lamp. Like, yeah, it's funny, too. And I'm sure, again, this stuff will come back into play later as more things are revealed. But how there's clearly just certain things that she's like, I just couldn't get rid of it. Like, the owners left it, but, like, just something mm-hmm. in her didn't want to get rid of it. And so she, like, repurposes the vase. She keeps the yeah. piano, we find mm-hmm. out later on. And these are both things that clearly hold strong memories for Demir. Yeah. Um, because we get a few f- more flashbacks from him this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the At the piano, it's with his mom, right? We didn't get a flashback with the piano. Okay, we just know he like stares at it and like and yeah, you know because, it's his. Because when Celine's movers arrive, first Demir's movers <sighs> arrive, they have the rest of his stuff. And then Celine has her guys, they show up to move her stuff. And they're basically going around the house picking out a room for her. So there's a bunch of storage in one of them. 
I don't remember why she said that the piano room isn't a good room, but mm-hmm. they basically go in, look at the room. He sees the piano. Yeah. And there ha- kind of has a moment and he asks her, what's what's that piano from? And she explains. Yeah. Oh, the, the previous owners left it and yeah. I didn't want to get rid of it. Um, I don't remember why I started talking about that. Well, I think just the memory flashbacks. Um, right, right, and yeah. Because, like, we do get it with the vase, like, when he writes his yes. and his mom's initials on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get a flashback at one point, too, of um, we find out – I thought up until now, I thought his mom died. Okay, so I want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it right because, now, then. Yeah. Because I thought the same thing, but – Part of me wonders if she really did die. Mm-hmm. And dad was just trying to not make him as sad and gave him the yes. whole story about the Maiden's Tower and like basically yes. mom has to live in there and to that keep all the ships left, safe. Mm-hmm. But he obviously was very young when she right. left with whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But I just it, – it's – it's just been very specific about like, oh, yeah, my mom left, but – I, I just don't know. Because of the his memory mm-hmm. with the whole vase situation, it just makes me curious if maybe she did actually die and mm-hmm. she didn't leave the family. Because mm-hmm. um, we really find out that's a big root of his and his dad's issues too. Like, um, what's her name? Um, Alara. Alara calls mm-hmm. him out of like, so your mom left, but you're mad at your dad because I of mean, it. it's a valid, yeah. When she asked that, I was like, well, that's a valid question. Like, yeah, are you like blaming him for driving her? You think he drove her away? Like, right. But even if that is the case, like, let's just say dad really did drive her away and he's like this terrible person, which I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, she's still a, if she wanted to leave, she could have taken you with her. Like, you are her kid. So Right. That's why like, I'm kind of like – not not that I'm – not that there aren't women who don't abandon their families because right. it happens. Yes. But I don't know. I just mm-hmm. have a feeling – there's nothing super concrete in why I think that. Yeah. But uh, – It's that you've lived in DZ land for several years and <laughs> you know the anything for – well there you go (laughs) a twist and turn because then she could it could be here's how it works either way if he thinks that she just left Mm -hmm. them but he's mad at dad for that it leaves where maybe once he and dad eventually reconnect which i'm sure is going to happen at some point right he, he can be like well and then the big reveal is that she actually passed away but he didn't want i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you and so i had to like what you tell kids about dog this is a i'm not comparing moms (laughs) to dogs but like you know when your dog dies and they're like oh they're living up on a farm with right you know yes it's a happier thing to think like oh they're fulfilling a different purpose and Mm -hmm. so dad gave mom a purpose of like she keeps everyone safe because she makes sure the boats and the you know all of that nobody crashes and you know that's what he told his friends at boarding schools like oh you you all are safe everything's good because my mom is in the maiden's tower making it all happen and like they make fun of him and basically it's clear that that's not a truthful thing and that's when right. he's come to the realization oh mom left mm-hmm. but that could just be you're right like his own conclusion right and really yeah, may- maybe yeah maybe his 
all his dad had ever said to him was that mm-hmm. she's living in the maiden's tower now yeah. and that's and she's keeping everybody safe by yep. directing the traffic there yep so we we just don't know that or maybe she did leave mm-hmm. and maybe she shows up later on in the show say, it leaves it it leaves it very open-ended because yeah. it could just be they could decide eh, we don't want to cast anyone and make her a part of the story so we'll have dad explain like that she had passed away and mm-hmm. um it was just too difficult to try to explain that to him um and then that or she's just more likely because this is a dz she's just <laughs> gonna pop up at the end of an episode and he's gonna be like Anne? and then there'll be like 10 seconds <laughs> and of, that'll be the yeah 10 a slow pan uh-huh. <laughs> to her face a slow pan uh-huh. to his face <laughs> and then the credits will roll mm-hmm. um so anyhow um i'm open for either of those so yeah um yeah but you're right so that was yeah that was a good good theory time because i was just like oh i thought this was the twist was like oh we thought she was dead this whole time but really she right. left but the twist could still be coming so right um so speaking of um alara mm-hmm. she is um okay well actually before we explain who she is i guess we should back up so oh, demir right. and celine they're they <clears throat> Amongst all this arguing about the unpacking of boxes and where stuff's going to go, she realizes she can't find her house keys. And this, I kind of got mad at him because I'm like, she literally got knocked out. You cannot be mad at her for losing her house keys. Like, for all you know, the thief is the one who took them after knocking her yeah. out so he could come back later and, like, yeah. rob the house. So maybe don't get mad at her for not knowing where her keys are. But he gets on it right away. He calls a locksmith. He's basically like, we need to have all these locks changed because they could mm-hmm. come back and try to get in. Well, it turns out these guys are like shysters <laughs> who are like nickel and diming them for everything. Oh, we drove from this part of town. Oh, we did it within an hour. Oh, we this. Oh, we that. And they basically want 300 Turkish lira for the job that they did, which is yeah. very expensive for a job like this because mm-hmm. they're both like appalled by it. And Celine is like, stand your ground. We're not paying this. But Demir's just like, ugh, just get them out of here. Yeah. Pay them, they leave. Because they're like, well, we can undo this and you can call someone else to come change your locks. So they pay them. Well, turns out while he was going to get the money or something, like basically this was just a ploy so they could be robbed because they realize they're missing their electronics later. She can't find her tablet. He can't find his laptop. Yep. And it's like, so on top of them basically – uh committing highway robbery against us for this lock they Mm -hmm. took our stuff too so it's like we got to go report this to the cops they get the runaround at the police station they first try to tell them it's okay this is not a cyber crime yes they found them on the internet but the actual crime was committed in your house so he when that guy sent them to cyber crimes i was like this is not a cyber crime a cyber crime is like an email from a prince in Nigeria is asking you for a bunch of money and mm-hmm. then you send the money and then you're like, oh, crap, there's no prince in Nigeria actually asking me for money. <laughs> right. Like, so anyways, whatever. So um, they they get their runner. So they're sent to cyber crimes and they're like, well, this isn't cyber crime. This goes to security because it's mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like. And it, apparently the air conditioning's like broken in parts of the police station, so they're like hot and sweaty. No, no. Okay, so I thought the same thing, but oh. then as I was going back through it, uh-huh. so the sisters, it's the sisters, and the one sister makes the love dessert for them. <gasps> oh, and they, they, they ate, ate it beforehand, the huh? They ate it before 
the whole lock situation. So they ate it and then the locksmith got there and then they were at the police station and that's when they started feeling the effects because the sisters do the same thing later that night. Oh! Because they are like, oh, did they eat the dessert? Did they eat the dessert? That's right. And they go spy and see that there's pieces of the dessert missing because they make that love potion dessert. And then they end up eating the rest of it. And they're like high as kites because yes, okay. and the, the one sister at the end, there you know when they're like going crazy and dancing and everything, um, and she's like, "I'm burning." She's oh. like, "Help us! I'm burning!" Oh my gosh, I did not even put that together, it Kristen. Took, it took me the rewatch to figure that out because okay. I thought the same thing. I'm like, "Why are they so hot?" And it's, it's both the of them. <laughs> Celine's like standing in front of the fan. So it's clearly not a love potion they put in this dessert. It's just like drugged in some way, shape, or form. Because I guess the so. the Tezes are like um hung over the next morning when they yeah. wake up after like sleeping yeah. outside all night. So um, okay. That makes way more sense, especially because nobody yeah. else in the police station is like fanning no, themselves. They're or not anything. nobody else is hot. They're it's just the two of them. <laughs> And you know how Demir's caught the he's so me. It's not even he's less concerned about the fact that he's hot and more mm-hmm. concerned about do I smell because he's like smelling his clothes and I'm like, that would so be me. I'd be like, Can you smell me? Um whereas Celine's like, I'm just so hot and she's like trying to fan herself and oh my gosh. Because after getting the runaround, they've both like had it. Yeah. They're just because then the one guy who's finally listening to them and is like, Oh my gosh, and yeah, blah, tell blah, blah. me more. What happened? What's going on? Yes. And then he's like, well, you know what you should have done? Like, which this is not helpful, but he's like, basically, you needed to play the game and say, oh, I only have 100 lira. And then she goes to her person and is like, I only have 20 in here. All we have is 120. He's like, then you could have gotten it done for 120 lira. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not helpful. They still stole from us. What are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh, I'm just the chai guy. Like, I just served the tea here. And then Demir loses his mind at uh-huh. that. And he attacks the guy. <laughs> he assaults the chai guy. <laughs> And then the officer, he's in a freaking police station and he's assaulting somebody inside the police station. What do you think is going to happen, Demir? Demir. (laughs) So the police officer comes back and they both end up locked up in in neighboring cells. Yes. So um, eventually, you know, obviously some time has passed. The cop comes in to get um, uh, Celine to be able to make her phone call. Mm-hmm. And it's the same cop who had dealt with her at the hospital. So as he's taking her out, he tells Demir, listen, bro, calm down. You're getting 10 minutes of peace and quiet, okay? Like, Well, and then Celine's like, you look familiar. Have I seen you before? Have we Have we met? And he's like, yeah, but I wish we hadn't. <laughs> you know, he's like, you drove that poor doctor out of Istanbul. At this rate, there's going to be no doctors or police officers left with the way you are. <laughs> So Demir is like, hey, listen, call my lawyer who just this. I was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going because his lawyer just happens to have the same surname um, as the hotel guy. So he's like, the passcode for my phone is uh, 3591, I think. Um, Call my lawyer. Right. Call my lawyer. um, And get him down here to take care of him. And she's like, okay. So, the, and then so when she gets in there to make her phone call, she's like, actually, the lawyer's number is on my friend's phone. And I'm like, in no police station would they be like, sure, let me whip out 
<laughs> your yeah, friend's here, phone go ahead. instead. Well, and why does she get a phone call, but he doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> because this is just the obligatory prison scene that is required in every rom-com DZ. Yeah. Or just DZ in general. I DZ. Think, I think every, every DZ, DZ I've seen, I've watched. somebody ends up in jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes... Multiple people end yes. up in jail and yes. for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like literally thinking every single DZ I've watched, someone is in jail in, at some point. I think in Jesse Ray Gazelle, literally every main character ends up in jail at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like EK, obviously. Yeah. Um, Sia Bay has asked, yes, a few times. Obviously. Um, uh, Central Kapama. Central Kapama for sure. Um, Marashla, absolutely. <laughs> Dude spends like a year and a half in jail. Uh, they have to do a time jump. And um, and even Yarga. And I'm not, I'm only like six episodes into that, right? Or five episodes into that right now. It's That's DZ World. Uh-huh. Somebody's got to go to jail at yep. some point. Oh, man. So for Hariyari Sun, it's episode three. It's episode three. <laughs> By Yonlish, too. Remember? they? Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. They wind up in jail together. Um, anyways, so, um, yeah. Anyway, so she makes the phone call. She's like, it's Yildirim, uh, like, and she's like, I can't remember the, like, the other part of his name, but it's Yildirim something. So the guy pulls up the name Yildirim, put, dials it into her phone, and then hands her the phone. Mm-hmm. And then because she's a spaz and she's Celine, she's like, get your ass down here. What are you talking about? Because like, she's like, what do you mean you don't know a Celine and Demir? Who else could it possibly be? Like, it's, it's, who, You have a client named Demir. Who else is yeah. – what's wrong with you? We're in jail. You need to get down here right now and bail us out. So the hilarious thing is that Yildirimbe actually shows up and bails them out. Like, yeah. <laughs> after – after getting this crazy phone call, I mean, part of me can't blame him because I would probably be like, who is this? Whoever it is, I'm going to go in. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Who do they think thing. they are? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're in their cells and they see Yildirimbe show up and it's this horrible, horrible moment. <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah, realization of who exactly you called. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which Yildirim? Oh, my gosh. So he's basically like, Oh, yeah, you think I'm going to stay your client after this, after the way she spoke to me? Because mm-hmm. he repeats, like, she told me to get my ass down here. I'm like, <laughs> freaking silly. <laughs> but I love her. She's such a little oh, sunshiny spitfire. Dude, <laughs> she kills me. So, yeah. He, and so he's basically like begging her, um, you know, uh, or no, I'm sorry, he's. Demira is begging Yildirimbe, give me two days to earn back your trust, to earn back the opportunity to keep this job. Like, because mm-hmm. he's basically like, yeah, we're done. You're not doing any of these other projects, blah, 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 yada, yada. Um, and so he basically is like, fine, if in two days, the, like, you've got two days, but basically he's like, I don't see anything changing, but sure, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. So that leads to the stuff we've kind of mentioned before. We're at work, you know, he's telling them, right. like, everybody proceed as normal blah 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 and where alara comes into play is because demir has done his homework and mm-hmm. he's like this is the daughter that he has uh, a strained or basically non-existent relationship with he right. has regrets about that so if i can convince her 
to forgive her dad and at least like mm-hmm. have some semblance of a relationship, like he's going to have no choice but to let me, you know, if I fix this problem in his personal life, yeah, he is going to let me continue to be in his professional life. So yeah. that's his plan. He tracks her down and this is when, you know, they wind up in a conversation and he kind of discloses some stuff to her about his dad his strained relationship with his dad and how he kind of understands her perspective. And then she kind of rightfully is like, okay, well, pot calling the kettle black, like you're trying to fix my relationship, but it sounds like yours isn't fixed with your dad, you know, and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, but there's, they have some commiseration at least over that. And and so he's like, listen, call me tomorrow. Think about Mm -hmm. what your terms will be. Like, what would your dad have to do for you to forgive him and be, able to be at least a small part of your life it sounds like he brings up some of the stuff that she has a passion for like orphanages and um teaching orphans and like giving them a better life and so he's basically like couldn't his money like really help with that stuff right and actually like be something good for those kids that Mm -hmm. you want to help and she does think about that and she does want to help those kids but she also her term will be you can't basically commercialize it to basically like make yourself look good like I think right. it basically makes it seem like maybe he doesn't – she doesn't want it to be publicly acknowledged that he is um, helping finance stuff if he agrees to it. Like, right. that's how I took it is, like, you're doing this anonymously or privately. Yeah, like, he can't gain anything from it. Right. As far as that goes, other than, you know, the, the knowledge used, that he's helping people. Right. Like, he can't use it for PR or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyhow – so that's clear. We're headed in that. No, nothing comes of that this episode yet, but obviously mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get to that next episode. Um, right. You know. Um, so anyways, so they're bailed out of jail because, yeah, like you said, he does bail them out. Yeah. Um, they get home and realize that they are locked out of the house. That yep. They just had the locks changed on. Yeah, because they both just, you know, they stormed out of the house after getting mm-hmm. robbed because yeah. they were both were obviously upset mm-hmm. and neither of them grabbed the new set of keys. So they're locked out of the house. Mm-hmm. Well, they go to the back to the sliding glass door to see if they can get in that way. Maybe there's an open window or something and they can't. But while we're while they're there... They hear something and Celine notices that there's a cat inside. Inside. And who else is inside on the counter but sweet little Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi. And so she actually ends up kind of freaking out because if this cat is going to – the cat could eat Chi-Chi. Like – So sad. Yeah. So she gets really upset and she Mm -hmm. starts kind of – um, venting just uh-huh like why does everything that i love get taken away from me even you can't even leave me just my fish just my fish that's it and she starts crying yeah and oh my gosh demir <gasps> okay first he, of all we get this little i love that we get this little insight that we still don't know anything about but she's clearly dealt with loss in her life yes. demir is not the only one yes and clearly well, that's that speaks to his little heart because we know he's dealing with mm-hmm. loss and hurt and whatever. But yes, yes, this is probably like my favorite scene in the whole episode. Me too. It was the best. <laughs> it the was. Second, the second this happened because she turns around and she's crying 
and he looks at her and then he looks at the window and I was like, he's going to do it, isn't he? he? Yes, like he just fixed it and he's going to, he's going to break it for her and save her fish. And he grabs a chair and he throws it through that freaking door. And I was like, you're a hero, dude. Like, like what, what a swoony, swoony thing to do. I just, it was, it was so good. It was so good. And it was another situation where I was like, once again, Demir, you are surprising me in the best ways uh-huh. because of the fact that just with no qualms, he was like, she needs that fish. She needs uh-huh. that fish to be okay. Uh-huh. And I'm going to make sure that fish is okay uh-huh. for her. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, it was so good. So I'm like, huh, I wonder how many more times that sliding glass door is going to get broken in this right. series. I wonder if this is going to become a thing. Um, yeah. I, oh my gosh, I love that so much. She's even shocked. She's yeah. like, she cannot believe it. Mm-hmm. And here's, oh man, here's what it, it leads to one of my next favorite little moments. Um, later on, when he's having bestie time with Vidat. Mm, and he's kind of yes. teasing him like, oh, you've got two girls. you got Alara and yeah, you've got oh, Celine. Oh, Alara. Oh, because he answers the phone and he hears mm-hmm. him say Alara and he's like, oh, totally giving him a <laughs> And he's like, "Uh, no, this is a professional thing. I'm fixing a problem in this dude's life. So he'll let me be, he'll be our client again. Like, and Celine, no, I'm just like arguing over a house with her. But then he's like, oh no, she's home alone in that house and that door is broken. It's not safe. There are thieves in the neighborhood. Uh And then he calls her and she's turned her phone off because she doesn't really want, like people have been calling her. She's not really, she doesn't really have the energy to like talk with her friends or yeah. whatever. Um, and so he can't get a hold of her. So what does he do? He has to run home, Kristen. He has to rush home. <laughs> I really, really also appreciate that Vedat is like, as they're talking about all this stuff, and he's like, well, I prefer Celine. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, yes, listen to your bestie. He's like, she brings color to your life. He's like, she brings uh-huh. chaos to my life. But I mean, maybe two both sides are of true. the same coin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I was like, yes, my dad, he's on Team Celine already. A- absolutely. Didn't take very much. Mm-mm. Um, another thing, too, that happens, and I'm pretty sure it happens the same night that um, – that he breaks the door for her is he's in bed later and he's kind of contemplating calling his dad, right? He, he doesn't. Is. He ends up texting or Google searching something else, but that's when he has his uh, his flashback moment because her, her saying, oh, you're right, Celine talking about, mm-hmm. I couldn't at least keep my, like, I lose everything that I love. That kind of triggers a flashback moment for him. And then it's him when and his he's dad a in little the front boy. Yard, right? Yep. And his dad is talking about how he has to go to boarding school because his dad is like, look, I have to work and I can't – I wish I could take you with me, but I can't yeah. take you with me. So you have to go to boarding school. <laughs> I, I always think it's funny though – when adults tell very small children, you need to be reasonable. Uh, yeah, when he's like telling a five or six-year-old, you need to be logical about this. I'm like, please show me a five or six-year-old that uses logic. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was, yes. Just a, it was it was funny. I'm like, okay, yeah, dude, tell your five-year-old to be reasonable. Uh-huh. He's he'll be very reasonable as soon as you say that to him. Uh, especially especially because his mother either just died or left. Either way, is a huge upturn in his life yes. but sure be re- be reasonable yeah 
Yeah. So he has that flashback, and then you see him grab his phone because he's visibly shaken by Mm -hmm. having this flashback and this memory kind of come out of nowhere, or so it seems. And he pulls up his dad's phone number, but then he quickly puts his his phone back down. Mm -hmm. So we still don't have the two of them having a conversation yet since he's been back in Istanbul. No, and Vidat does during that little, like, bestie powwow time, tries to tiptoe like around that and but demir is like shutting it down like um yep so we'll see i know it's gonna come to a head at some point but mm-hmm. anyways um so we already talked about the hungover tazes mm-hmm. the fact that everyone's supposed to be acting like you know everything's normal at work keep doing what you keep working on working on um but now we kind of get to we already touched on what Barack does. He has these blackmail photos. Um yeah. and he is trying to figure out now because it seems like what he's gonna do with them is put them in an envelope, act like they caught like a journalist or someone taking these photos. Yes, and then convince them, right? Right. Like, so hey, I have these photos of you that I kept a journalist from being able to publish. Don't you feel indebted to me now? Like kind of a thing yeah we we protected you the least you could do is let us have those jobs back and so barack has this whole plan to deliver the envelope to yodurum bay but he ends up sending celine in there by herself after Uh feru calls him and he's like this is her fault anyway (laughs) make make her deliver it and she doesn't now mind you they're the only ones who know what what's in the envelope the and, the, and Bora. He, yeah, he's made the – he's kind of told everyone about the envelope, but not what it is in it. Just something that will right. be helpful to him, something, whatever. Yep. And so even though – and it, I will give Celine credit. She's like, I think we need to wait on Demir. He said to, yeah, you know, um, business as usual, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But you can tell she just feels really guilty. And, it, and I'm guessing she's thinking like, well, if I can solve this for him, mm-hmm. like, you know, it'll be a good thing. Um, well, especially because we do have that moment between her and Demir when he finally office. shows up at the office. Yeah, because he calls her in <laughs> and he's kind of saying, well, what do you think? How do you think this would be fixed? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, probably if you fired me because it's my fault anyway. I'm the one who said that stuff to him. And <laughs> Demir, I mean, kind of a bratty move, but in the end it was good yeah because he's like i mean yeah i think you're right i think that me firing you would assure him that none of this would ever happen again and she's like okay i'll clean out she's so penitent penitent and she doesn't want her she doesn't want her co-worker she's like they've all worked hard too right we've all been here a long time we care about this company and i don't want them to suffer for my mistakes like i don't want this whole company to go bankrupt because we lost a major job that would keep us from doing so so she's ready to fall on her sword for everybody else and she really thinks that's it so she's kind of saying all right i'll go pack up my stuff i Mm -hmm. understand and (laughs) demir stops her and he says Mm -hmm. no we're we're not going to do that Yes, you were the one to say that stuff, but we ended up in jail together. So I don't think that that's fair for you to get fired. So I appreciated that he also owned his part in it. 
Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have ended up in there if he hadn't assaulted the Chai guy anyway. <laughs> if if you really want to go back to them mm-hmm. ending up in jail. Well, and the fact that he's the one who hired the random locksmiths from yeah. the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they both had their, they both played a role in that whole situation. Yep. Well, and you know what's funny, too? She's, like, super grateful because he's like, mm-hmm. I've got something, you know, in mind. And he basically just says, I'm going to fix a problem in his personal life Yeah, that he's got. He keeps it secretive. Um, and she's like, thank you so much for the chance. I appreciate it so much. And as she's turning around to leave, he's looking down at his desk, but he is smiling. Like, he's smiling. It's yeah. a quick secret smile, but it's a smile. Yeah. Um, because she's so surprised and grateful and yeah so yeah so i think after that especially where Mm -hmm. she's like he didn't fire me when he could have if i can if i can play a part in fixing this before you know he has to do what he's working on yes so clearly i think that was her goal in that and then she was more than willing to go in by herself because she's like this is my fault so when barack totally chickens out and leaves her to hang and leaves although he does wind up coming back um yes he does so he's had a couple crises of conscience but he has um it's almost like too little too late Uh (laughs) at that when they come but she's having a heck of there's just some comedic nonsense she winds up getting because she's spaz celine (laughs) she's like they won't let her see Yildirim Bay because she doesn't have an appointment. She's like, well, basically, like, I'm chaining myself to this desk. Then I'm not leaving until I see him. And security basically carries her out. Yeah. So now she's got to sneak back in. Um, Without the security guy, guard seeing her because he's right. been keeping an eye on her to make sure she doesn't try to get back in. So the the Kuzlar show up at that point and they just – they it's just – it's just Kuzlar chaos. Like, mm-hmm. they wind up sneaking through the parking garage, use the elevator there, get in. But then they're still trying to avoid that same security officer. Um, and they wind up getting locked in an archive room. Yes. Which then they freak out because they're like, if we get found in here, it's going to look like we came here to, like, steal, like, company secrets, secrets. Right? Okay. Yes. That's that's how I took it. Yes. Um, so they're, like, freaking out because they're like, well, if we make noise, someone's going to find us in here. But if we don't, nobody knows we're here. Like, well, and then Ida, who apparently gets crazy anxiety if she's in a confined space, uh-huh. ends up realizing they're locked in, and she starts freaking out. And another is like, DZ we staple. We have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. The funny thing was that Ebo's like, "Oh, you get claustrophobic," and she's like, "No, I it's- get severe anxiety." <laughs> like, okay, yeah, it's not. It's Same not really claustrophobia. <laughs> but then when the girls are locked in, she's like, "I'm claustrophobic." Yeah. Um, so I don't know if she's trying to downplay it to Ebo, even though I'm like, but what's the Maybe. like anyways. So yeah. um they're freaking out to get out. Um uh Alara has decided to show up at dad's office to meet up and basically right. say, like, hey, I want to give you a chance to be back in my life. Well, and that was a change. Cause mm-hmm. she wasn't originally planning on going with Demir. Right. I think he was just going to sit down and, like, do it on her behalf. Yeah, and lay um, out her demands. <laughs> yes. So Demir's also now at the building, too, to go and do that. And then he sees Alara, and he's like, oh, and she's, like, surprised. And he's like, yeah, you know, but let's do this. Well, at the same time, this is when Barack has also had his crisis of conscience. Yes. And our magical – what is his name? Our, our, is it Mustafa? I think so. Uh, so our magical uh, uh, handyman, our handyman genie. <laughs> I wanted to say – Magical mustache man. <laughs> hey, I like that. I like the alliteration. Um, he 
shows up in the elevator as Barack is in the mm-hmm. elevator at this building. And he's like, you're not alone. Um, and they get off the elevator yeah. and run into, what's his name? Tavon? Tavon? Oh, Tylon? Yes, I forgot his name. Ta- I think Tylon. Yeah. Well, either way, they run into him. Okay. Was it not made clear that he basically was like about to assault? Like when he's like, well. Oh, yeah. You know, she wanted it. And like, but then she started screaming and acting like this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why did nobody punch him in the face again right there? Like, oh, I thought that that was what mustache man was going to do. Yeah. Okay. Because the second he starts talking about Celine, he's like, you know, that girl, that girl that I was dancing with. And they're like, oh, Celine. Uh And they both get into these protective stances. Like, what are you about to say about our girl? Yeah. And then Burak and and mustache man have kind of have an eye conversation contact Mm -hmm. yep as he's trash talking celine and all mad that demir had the the gall to punch him when he wasn't doing anything wrong and she was just freaking out and and barack is basically like oh do you want to take care of this guy while i go take care of celine (laughs) okay and i thought that was kind of an understanding of okay that he took him out to take care of him in some way shape or form all right yep here for that. Here I thought that. that was the what they were alluding to okay. with that whole I think situation. you're absolutely I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um it would have been nice to see it, but it's it's fine. I mean um, maybe we will or maybe he'll just show up with another black guy or something. Yeah. <laughs> or like a broken arm or something. Yeah. Um so um yeah. So basically so everybody's converging upon Yildrum Bay. Yes. And right as Demir and um, Alarda and then Barak walks in, the door mm-hmm. stumbles open to the archive room and the girls come tumbling out and everyone's there. She, uh, Celine has dropped the envelope. Mm-hmm. So at this point, um, Yoldurambe is the one who picks it up, right? Yeah, because he sees the handle moving. And he calls the secretary over. He's like, I need you to unlock this door right now. There's something going on. And so they all stumble out. The envelope lands perfectly right in front of Yildirim Bay. <laughs> At his feet. Yep. <laughs> and, of course, Demir's like, oh, crap. Like, he knows whatever this is. It's nothing good. So he's, like, staring hard at Celine. We get that classic DZ 10 seconds of everyone just looking slowly back and forth at each other. Well, because Yildirim Bay goes, oh, stealing trade secrets from the archive room, uh, Celine Hunnam. And she looks up and then Demir goes, Celine. And then she sees that he's there. And she's like, and oh, then it's no. Like, Double crap. <laughs> and then, But Yildirim also saw his daughter, too, right? Is he, like... He did. Okay. He... I don't remember the order. I don't either. Like, but basically, yeah, they've all seen each other. And so yeah. stuff's about to hit the fan at yes. the beginning of next episode, I'm sure. Um, one of the other things I wanted to point out that I really adored was when Demir does rush home to check on her and she's like comfy asleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. And he puts the blanket over her. Mm-hmm. But then the next morning when she wakes up, she – uh. Gets a little sneak peek at Tai Chi, Demir. She does. And lets her gaze linger a bit until she snapped out of it because the dog's about to take off. And she's like, Mm -hmm. no, no, don't leave until I fed you breakfast. And she runs out there Mm -hmm. and sees that there's food in the bowl. And she's like, Demir, did you feed him? And she's like, thank you. Like, Mm -hmm. so 
he's he's becoming a little softy for her well and then after the after which night um i don't remember which night it was but when she comes out oh after the night when they get bailed out of jail and Mm -hmm. then they come home and he saves chi chi Mm -hmm. um (laughs) oh yeah when she makes him breakfast the next day yes yeah Mm -hmm. even though he's already gone because he's working on his project on how to win yildrumbe back that kind of bummed me out because i'm like she made this like i mean turkish breakfast Ugh, i wish i could eat it every day although my okay side note my brother told me my brother loves cooking and like trying new stuff and it was really funny because last week he was like texting me all about this turkish stuff he was making for dinner and like trying to give me an education in like turkish meals (laughs) (laughs) but i was like okay i yeah i appreciate it because i'm like he yeah he, I know why he was doing it, but it was just so funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, this and this and this. And did you know blah, blah, blah. But he's like, this store over on Hesperia Road, like, and there's like a little market. And he's like, oh. and he's like, it's not a Turkish market, but they absolutely have. I think it's just more like, like Mediterranean in general, like sure. something more general. Um, but he's like, they have like Turkish coffee and they have Turkish cheese like the white Turkish cheese. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go there and get stuff. So I might, oh, and they have the sausage that they make, like, which I can't think of the name of now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I think I can actually make a Turkish breakfast that's got like the veggies and that sausage that cut. It's like already, I think it's like, it looks like it's already cooked, you know, almost looks like kielbasa a little bit. And I mm. cannot think, anyways, I just got super excited because I was like, I think I'll actually be able to make a beautiful Turkish breakfast like that nice and be able to get the ingredients from a store nearby anyhow all that to be said gorgeous turkish breakfast and he doesn't even know she did it for him because yeah she yeah, finally goes she was up- feeling grateful and she's talking to chi chi about <laughs> how he helped save her and all the kind of stuff so that was we had some some quite a few softening moments between the two of yeah. them for each yes. other yes which yeah I love because we already know they've got the bickering and all of that down pat. Like, Oh, yeah. But it is cute as they see just these little tiny – like they're each kind of showing bits of their underbelly a little mm-hmm. bit to one another. Um, so, yeah. There wasn't too much with the whole like Peter Pan thing this episode. Vidot calls him that at one point. Yeah, a couple um, times. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because – did he it, – like, it, is it because Demir already told him about, like, what Celine said? You know, or is it unrelated? I wasn't sure about that either. I, I wasn't sure if it was him kind of trolling him, trolling right. Demir because of Celine doing that. Because um, now I can't remember if he told Vid – if we see him tell Vidat right. about that situation. Yeah, and I can't either. So. Yeah. I'm like, okay, is that just something Vedat's pulling? And it's like, oh, look, I'm noticing stuff too. Yeah. Um, but that was like, that was pretty much it. There wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. There was something from a listener who suggested, um, they commented on one of our posts and they were like, hey, they didn't say why, but they were just like, pay attention to Demir's socks every episode. So now I'm like, okay, oh. I'm going to have to like check out his socks every single episode now. Um, okay. So I don't know why, but I – because I don't I don't want to be like, well, how come? Because I'm like, well, I want to see if we can figure out why they're like telling us that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So Ooh, okay. Yeah. So start watching for his socks. I believe All it right. is his socks, and I think I think I might have actually screenshotted the comment. Um, okay. Oh, and then someone else said, I liked this too. Uh, her sh- her name on Instagram is Cudden Dalgan, and she said, "Welcome back." Um, she commented it under our first episode. Mm. Loved your first episode. It's the closest thing to reliving my time of Harrier Day Sin. Probably my best time on Twitter. The uh, the Harrier Day Sin community is just something else, something special. The Peter Pan theme really comes through. Sometimes I felt like I was reaching because I'm a big fan of Peter Pan. And then she adds a little thing like side note. She's like, Mosio to- Tosba, which is the turtle's name, mm-hmm. means Monsieur Tortoise. Aw, Monsieur, Monsieur Tortoise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Celine means flood, which we knew that from Senchal Kapama. Mm-hmm. Um, and Demir means iron. So she's like, just some food for thought. Um, I think their oh, personalities somehow mirror their names. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then she says, I can't think of other great comments I thought while listening, but it was great. Welcome back. Okay. So this is not the sock comment, but okay. so whoever wrote the sock comment, I'm very sorry. I, I don't have your, um, your handle off the top of my head, but it. You know who you are, and I will start watching for his socks now. But I also really appreciated that little insight of, like, their name meanings. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyhow. I'm curious um, what you think. Do you think that Celine's dad passed away? We've only seen her mom we, so far. You're right. We only have. And um, after the comment that she makes about losing the things that she loves, that made me immediately assume – that her father passed away. You know, I I think you're, yeah, I think that's probably the most. I didn't really think much about it other than just like, oh, she's like, she's clearly suffered some loss in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just made me think about it because we obviously know that Demir, mm-hmm. Demir's mom yeah. left, is so gone. The, the mirror image of that would right. then be that she lost her dad. Mm-hmm. Well, and that could mean... Okay, so let's let's go off of that. So if she lost her dad, it could, and maybe at a very young age also, mm-hmm. because the things that she has said in her sleep or in her drunkenness mm-hmm. um, were things like, it's been a long time, like when she's talking to, quote, Peter Pan, which right. is really demure, like maybe she in her mind would escape off to Neverland as a child to kind of like um, avoid – the reality of yeah her life without her dad now um and maybe kind of created this whole maybe peter pan was a story he read to her all the time mm. um and so it's like something super special to her and mm-hmm. so maybe that's kind of the world she like clung to after he died yeah. um and kind of you know more or less lived in it in her imagination mm-hmm. and um yeah or maybe It'll, wouldn't it be interesting too? Because I could see this as a trope. Like maybe she and um, Demir met as kids, and like maybe he was like, oh, maybe he would totally play like Peter that. Pan with her when they were really little. But it's like neither one of them realizes like, oh, we met as children. I um, can totally see that. Happening. But her subconscious recognizes it, which is why she keeps talking to him like he's Peter Pan. And mm-hmm. um, when they would go off to Neverland together. Yeah, because we don't know really anything about her past. Mm-hmm. And if he was away 
at boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the school was nearby where, where she her grew mom up lives. Yep. or something like that. Because, but they both obviously did not grow up yeah. in, in that house in Istanbul. Well, may, maybe she went to boarding school too. Like maybe mom, maybe mom sent her to a school like that for a bit. Like who knows what, if her dad died, who right. knows what mom had to do right. to earn money or whatever. And maybe she had to be away for a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh huh, and maybe yeah. they like played at boarding school together as kids, but like maybe she he, didn't know his name. But yeah, I'm saying maybe they never went, exchanged maybe he names. Went by his middle name, or mm-hmm. she only called him Peter. Like right, oh, kind of like Peter Pan. And maybe that's just what she always called him, and he never bothered to tell her his name. And she's like, and she maybe was like, well, you can call me Wendy. Like, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And that would actually explain if if. Demir had not told Vidat what happened with Celine. And if Vidat, because he was, he seemed like he was drunk in that scene too, when he yeah. was calling him Peter. Uh huh. So Demir and Vidat obviously have known each other for a really, really long time. Right. So if this is something that Vidat knows is in his past, mm-hmm. and maybe he messes with him and calls him Peter, Peter Pan. Yeah, when, not even, re- yeah, maybe like yeah. not even realizing. Like, that. oh, yeah, Peter Pan. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Remember, like, when we were kids. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> we, we could be way off, but that would be pretty yeah, so here, crazy here's what, nailing it right now. Here's what's happening right now. People who are listening are either like, holy crap, how did they figure this out? Or, <laughs> or they're, they're laughing like, at us. Or they're laughing at us like, oh, you guys are so off base. It's not even funny. <laughs> but that's, so. why, that's why we wanted to yes. do something we hadn't seen before. So yes. we can theorize like this. yes exactly <laughs> so um i'm glad you asked that question because literally none of that stuff occurred to me until you planted that thought so okay um, yeah i wasn't sure if you had if you if it had crossed your mind at all nope it so. didn't even all i i just was like so focused on like oh she's dealt with loss like he has and that's what right. like made his little soul stir and mm-hmm. make yeah him i immediately break the slider. Was like, okay who, that who it, died yeah. but it just yeah it didn't even occur to me to like theorize <laughs> who about who it was that she lost um <laughs> yeah so yeah all right. All right. Well, that's a good so place to go. end. All right, yeah. you guys. So, um, of course, nobody spoil it for us. But, uh, yeah. you know, if you have if you have thoughts or encouraging things to say about our <laughs> thoughts, feel free to reach out. Um, and uh, as of right now, we should be back next week with episode mm. four. Um, but like I said, barring anything happening within our family um, in the next week or so, we will, yeah, we'll be back next Monday with yep. volume four and we'll see how any of our theories or predictions start to pan out. So yep. um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Thank you. Uh, anybody who's new who's just found us because of Harriet Sen. welcome. We're so happy to have you. Um, if you have a couple extra minutes and the platform that you listen on happens to allow for ratings or reviews and you would be so kind as to leave us one we'd greatly appreciate it It helps boost the visibility of our podcast um, to other people who are searching for um like the same interests like when they Mm -hmm. type in keywords for things like dz's or whatever it can help us pop up in the results more easily so if you'd be so inclined we'd appreciate it other than that just like every week uh you can find us at all sorts of different links in the episode notes um and we will see you guys next week so until next time good as shit is close to call